It's July 11th, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I am Ryan Ozawa. And we've got a full lineup today. We're first going to hear about Surfco's new car sharing app. Then we're going to be hearing about the Blue Startups Cohort 10 Demo Day, a big event coming up on July 20th. And, of course, then we'll learn about the uh, state-of-the-art from the Engineering in Medicine and Biology Society. Their annual conference is happening here next week. And we've got organizers Dr. Aaron Ota and Dr. Jim Whalen, and they're here to fill us in. But, yes, first up, let's welcome Mark Fukunaga. He's the chairman and CEO of Servco Pacific, and he is here to tell us about this great new car-sharing app called Hui. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you have had a number of uh, uh, recent announcements yesterday and today, but we want to start today with, with this uh, car sharing app. And tell us a little bit about it. You can, you can download it. In fact, I downloaded it, and I'm thinking, how can I use this car sharing app? Where are the stations located? Well, uh, we've got 25 stations, car sharing stations, that have anywhere from two to five sometimes more cars, mm-hmm. um, and they're concentrated in the urban core of Honolulu, mm-hmm. so largely between downtown and Waikiki. And at across all those stations, we've got 70 vehicles, Hui vehicles. So Prius, Prius Prime, Camry, and Lexus RX. Oh, interesting. Wow, so in the app, you can choose what sort of ride you're looking for and uh, have it priced accordingly? Yeah, the app will basically show you where all the all the stations are. You click on the station that's closest to you, and it'll show you all the cars at that station that are available for uh, booking. You book it online on your smartphone mm-hmm. and um, reserve a time. It can be right now or later. And you, you reserve how long you want to use it for. Go up to it and and when you go up to it at the time, the smartphone then connects with a car through a Bluetooth connection, and it turns the smartphone into a digital key. Mm. So you don't actually have a physical key. Use your smartphone to unlock the car, climb in, drive away. Well, you know, it's exciting to see all of these different ways that we're expanding the matrix of transportation options. Certainly, Beaky, the bike sharing, um, has been pretty successful and expansion of bike lanes. Uh, I know there have been attempts to do car sharing. You have Zipcar on the mainland. We had Car2Go really trying to make a go of it here. This was a lot of work. What were some of the partnerships that you had to come up with, basically, to make it happen, including, for example, having space to store the cars? Well, yeah, we uh, this could not have happened without uh, a lot of partners. The, our big one, of course, is... Toyota Connected. That's the digital uh, business of Toyota, the global digital business of Toyota. And they did develop the uh, app, which took, you know, a lot of work, but uh, very easy to use. And then all of our station partners are 25 stations, and we hope to grow that over time. And that's a combination of private, nonprofit businesses, uh, nonprofits, and uh, potentially, I think, government Mm -hmm. as well. So in terms of the – okay, so the uh, Toyota Connect developed the app. You have the uh, stations. Uh, obviously, you've got enough parking so that people can park their car or however they get to the station. And Now, like a rental car, do you have to fill it up after you're done or do you just use it, drop it off, and everything is taken care of for the next uh, – Everything's taken care of. So uh, gas is included in the rate. Our rates are as low as nine ninety five an hour. Mm-hmm. You can book it as low uh, as as least as an hour uh, or several days. Hmm. Uh, per day rate is seventy nine ninety five, but it includes gas, insurance, 
fees as well as roadside assistance. So, so that's it. That's pretty inclusive and I would say competitive with the standard rental car agreement. And it would be um, local to where you are, perhaps, if you're in that urban core. What's the use case for this? I mean, who do you see? And I understand there's been a pilot running for some time. What have you seen in terms of the people who use this the most? Yeah, I, I think it's it's everybody. It's mm-hmm. whenever you want to have a, a short-term use of another car. And I think all of us can think of some some case or example where that might happen. But we have, let's say, uh, families that own one car and occasionally need a second car. Mm-hmm. Um, a student who can't afford the full price of a car um, but just needs it once in a while. Just wants to go to the North Shore. Yeah. Uh, someone who works in downtown and, say, it takes mass transit to downtown but then needs a car to do an errand for lunch, pick up a kid, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just use it temporarily and return it back to the station. So we found all kinds of cases. And, of course, tourists potentially are uh, big users of this as well. Last question about this because I want to uh, also ask you about the the hydrogen car rollout. But uh, the, what I'm wondering is, you know, in, in terms of the – Toyota Connect, are they rolling this out in other markets on the U, uh, U.S. continent? Yeah, it's it's based on uh, what Toyota calls its mobility services platform, which is uh, ground up, basically interconnected uh, technology platform across all of their cars. So this is the the test uh, bed for mm. car sharing. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is. Oh, okay. So it's a partnership between Servco and Toyota, but this is the global test site. But uh, what we learn from here certainly will be rolled out elsewhere. Oh, very good. So very quickly, um, the other announcement that you had made involved hydrogen. You hear a lot about hydrogen, but it, but it it's present. It's on the roads. Yeah, we just launched, uh, gave a, you know, had our uh, uh, hydrogen fueling station blessed today. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the first publicly available hydrogen fueling station uh, in the state. Uh, anyone can use it, not just Toyota vehicles, but Toyota has the only currently available fuel cell vehicle called the Mirai. Mm. So it's at Mapuna Puna at our Toyota dealership there. And I think that this is basically important to get past the chicken and egg argument that everybody has about hydrogen as a fuel source. Now you have the fuel. Let's talk about the vehicles. Exactly. Yeah, the the vehicle itself, uh, you know, uh, the great thing about fuel cells is that the fill-up is really simple. It takes five minutes, just like a conventional engine. It takes five minutes to fuel, uh, but it gives you, uh, in this case, 312-mile range. So it's very much like a conventional gas car. And your exhaust is? Uh, zero. Right. It is, uh, we like to say, uh, zero emissions and zero compromise on either range or fueling time. Well, you know, I do want to have a further, you know, like more detailed conversation about hydrogen because we've been sort of following it. Of course, everything is sort of electric, but uh, we want to have you on maybe, you know, in a, in a month or two and, and kind of go into depth about hydrogen. So before you leave, though, I do want to ask you, where can people find out more about either Hui or the hydrogen car? Uh, Hui, uh, we have a site, website, drivehui, all one word, mm-hmm. dot com, has all the information there. You need to download an app, free app. It's available both on the Apple Store as well as Google Play. Uh, for hydrogen, come to our website, um, surfco.com. Very Fantastic. Good. We will put that up on our show notes. And, of course, uh, thanks, Mark, for joining us. Oh, it's been great. Thank you.
And of course, now let's uh, welcome Maya Rogers. The first time she's been on Bite Marsh Cafe. We're happy to have her. She's going to be talking about the Blue Startups Cohort 10 Demo Day. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> we are excited <laughs> to have you because, from what I understand, this Demo Day coming up uh, next week uh, is has this great keynote speaker. Yeah, I do talking. want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, I've it's a really s- famous person. Yes, I've heard her speak before and she's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so Demo Day is the opportunity for the members of your latest cohort, Cohort 10, eight companies, uh, addressing all sorts of problems and solutions and looking to scale up and they get take the stage and basically show off both what they're trying to do and what they've learned effectively as part of the program. Absolutely. So it's going to be on July 20th at the UH Cancer Center. And this is really a celebration, but also a showcase of all of our companies that's gone through our cohort number 10. We've Mm -hmm. done this 10 times now. Amazing. Um, And so, yeah, we're just really excited. Um, The event is open to the public, so anybody can come, but it's expected to sell out. So we recommend, you know, you get your ticket. It's a great space, but a cozy space there at the UH Cancer Center. So um, just give us one example of a company that will be taking the stage that you think people really shouldn't miss. Is there uh, one that stands out? Not that you have to pick favorites. I can't pick favorites. You can can pick a couple. (laughs) (laughs) I can pick a couple. Um, Well, I can pick a couple. Pixar is one. Um, They are a microbranding company. Mm -hmm. So they help influencers sell their brand merchandise online. So it's another marketplace, but really connecting them to grow their brand. So Pixery mm-hmm. is one. Um, another one I'm excited about because I'm their lead mentor uh-huh. is Streamfluence. Um, they're basically creating a new marketplace for uh, creators. Again, uh, broadcasters, people that are, are uh, broadcasting games on oh, Twitch okay. and YouTube. So it's really this new generation of what what younger kids are doing nowadays is watching other people play games. Yes. And so um, Streamfluence helps these uh, these people. These celebrity players. <laughs> these, these celebrity players, players. Um, their, their marketplace. And so they're helping them sell products or whatnot through their streamers' uh, channels. Excellent. You know, so the, other, the, the other one that has something to do with the gamers are the uh, folks over at Immersely. And I thought that's kind of an interesting Yes, so we get a lot of gaming companies because of the relationship to Tetris. Mm-hmm. And yes, Immersely is another one where we see a lot of potential because they're, again, creating a new marketplace for um, games and advertisers to, p- to, to put uh, their items within games without having to recreate virtual items. Mm-hmm. So it's like a one-stop shop for advertisers and then the games, uh, the the advertisement mm-hmm. gets deployed across multiple games. So in addition to these demos by these uh, great companies, you are the keynote speaker. Not that you can give away the great nuggets of wisdom that you're sharing, but can you give us a quick preview of what you'll be covering um, on that stage? Absolutely. So we decided that I was going to do a keynote speak uh, speaker this year because we run uh, a global brand out of Hawaii. You know, we run the Tetris business. Mm -hmm. And so we've never really spoken locally about what it is that we do Hmm. um, and what it takes to run a global brand like Tetris. So that's what I'll be talking about. Excellent. I did read the article in PBN about how Tetris is kind of getting into the the VR space, and I thought that was pretty exciting. You want to say a few words about that? Oh, absolutely. So we have this brand new game, Tetris Effect, that's going to launch in September on PlayStation 4 and PSVR. And this is taking Tetris onto a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out the YouTube video. It's really trippy. Our <laughs> I like project that. I think I'll is... check it out. Maybe I'll put it up on our show notes. <laughs> yeah, our project code name, is, code name is Trip because it's a trippy Tetris mm-hmm. game. But it's taking the VR environment and, and marrying it with Tetris. And so it, it's a great way for people to experience VR and what it can do 
the possibilities through Tetris. Now, awesome. we don't want to lose the fact that we are here to talk about the uh, Cohort 10. So where can people go to sign up for Demo Day? Absolutely. Uh, you can go to bluedemoday.eventbrite.com. Mm. And that's where you can get your tickets. And again, it's July 20th. Starts at 3 p.m. at the UH Cancer Center. Fantastic. I got my tickets. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Thanks, uh, Maya, for joining us. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Aaron Ota from UH and Jim Whalen from the University of Michigan. And they're here to tell us about the upcoming Engineering in Medicine and Biology conference coming up. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. I remember when I was younger, I was briefly a member and donating, but when I came back, I decided I wanted to become a member only because I realized how valuable it was and how important it was to keep this really unique treasure on the radio. And because it had this wonderful mix of jazz, classical music, and news. That sort of pushed me into the membership pool. My name is Blaine Saito, and I'm a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us here in the studio is Dr. Aaron Ota. And of course, on the phone, we have Dr. Jim Whalen. And of course, uh, Aaron is an associate professor of electrical engineering over at the UH School uh, College of Engineering. Uh, he is the uh, principal investigator for the University of Hawaii's Micro Devices and Microfluidics Lab mm. and a faculty advisor for the University of Hawaii's IEEE student branch. Meanwhile, Jim is a professor in biomedical engineering and a professor in ophthalmology and visual sciences at the University of Michigan. And, of course, how has new tech advanced biomedical engineering? I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hey. Well, Jim, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I, I know it's probably a little, a little late later, uh, yeah. <laughs> in Michigan, but uh, so tell us a little bit about what both of you folks do. And Jim, we'll start with you and tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and how did you uh, get involved with this uh, conference coming up? Uh, sure. So uh, first of all, thank you for having us on the show. I really do appreciate it, and we're very much looking forward to. Uh, converging on Hawaii mm. uh, and Honolulu next week for our conference. So what I do in my lab is I work on uh, artificial vision systems for the blind. Uh, so this is a for someone who is unable to see light at all or can only has a dim uh, perception of light. Mm-hmm. We can now have electronic devices that we can implant in their eye and provide a better sense of light. It's still somewhat primitive at this point, but it does provide improved light perception that allows them to see large objects and navigate uh, in a more effective way. That's uh, fascinating. And these are, this is a device I've worked on for about 20 years now with, with a large group of people, of course. That's how these things are done. Uh, but it, uh, it's come from basically a concept uh, through clinical trials to where it's now a uh, medical device that's for sale. And there's several versions of this which are for sale around the world. Well, congratulations, Jim. And obviously a showcase for research like this would be this uh, Engineering in Medicine Biology Society annual conference. Um, how, it, how big is this conference? And, you know, what's your role in the that organization? 
Right. So the conference itself is uh, 2,600 attendees. Mm. Uh, we had a great uh, uh, support from the community. Uh, there was some concern about having a meeting at a place uh, that's uh, uh, somewhat far away from most of the people who would normally attend this conference. But there's really a dedication to this field, and a, uh, this conference is uh, an annual event that's been going on for 40 years, and it's the largest international biomedical engineering conference. Uh, of its type, and it's a great place to network, to meet old friends, to start new collaborations, and it's a, a conference I've been going to regularly for 20 years now. That's great. That's great. So I'll, I'll uh, talk to a little Aaron. I mean, talk to Aaron here now about his role in this conference and the sort of the UH angle in, in perhaps uh, the the interface with some of the researchers that are coming as a result of the the conference happening here. Yeah, so uh, Jim is the uh, the general chair of the conference, uh, and I'm serving as a, a local organizer to help with uh, some of the arrangements uh, for the conference mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. especially because there's uh, so many attendees uh, coming to Hawaii. Uh, the benefit of that is that, you know, a lot of people do want to come to Hawaii um, as uh, to combine, you know, a, a good conference uh, attending a, a very good conference like this, uh, as well as you know just being in Hawaii, um, that has some benefit to the university here in Hawaii. Um, I've already I've already scheduled several lab tours uh, with uh, attendees uh, that are coming to this conference. Um, so you know, like Jim said, this is a great way to uh, promote the research that we have uh, going on at the University of Hawaii. Uh, make connections to people outside but still in this biomedical uh, community and, you know, uh, begin uh, collaborations and, and, you know, keep going the collaborations that we have already. So in in terms of this conference, so this is the first time that the conference is being held in Hawaii? Yes. And and in terms of the the types of uh, the, the researchers that are coming in, they're are they part of the, the, the medical side of the research, or are they part of the engineering school side of research? I mean, what, what is the, the cross-section of the attendees that might be participating in this conference? Uh, Jim? I, I would, yeah. yeah, I would say it's, it's going to be both a medical and, uh, and engineering. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, a slight tilt towards engineering, uh, 60 to 70 percent engineering. Uh, but two of our keynotes are going to be uh, delivered by medical doctors who have been de- involved as chief medical officers of uh, medical device companies. Uh, one of them is going to be, so these are the main uh, uh, addresses which will be delivered at the conference. And one is going to be given by Dr. Francine Kaufman, who's part of uh, Medtronic Diabetes. Uh, which makes uh, which is working towards an artificial pancreas. So this is something mm. uh, which can uh, control insulin more effectively versus the uh, typical paradigm of uh, a finger prick testing blood and then injecting insulin. Uh, for some time now, they've had insulin pumps, which give a more regular delivery of insulin, and now they're working towards implantable insulin sensors. In fact, some of these uh, these are available right now, and they're getting better and better. So Dr. Kaufman is a medical doctor, but she's been working at an engineering company as chief medical officer. So she's going to be able to share some of her perspectives. And then along a similar line, Dr. Martha Morell is going to present uh, on the development of an implantable device for epilepsy. So this is 
again, what we call a closed-loop system. So that what that means is we have a sensor which can sense a certain physiological parameter, and based on the value of that sensor and that parameter, we can then take some action. Uh, the system can automatically take some action without a person actually intervening. And in this case, it's a treatment of epilepsy. So they're able to detect the onset of an epileptic seizure in some cases and then deliver a uh, electrical stimulus to the brain to uh, stop that seizure from occurring. Uh, so those are two medical doctors who've been involved in engineering companies. Excellent. And I think they re- really represent this cross-section that you talk of, this intersection of, of, of disciplines where you have a clinical need and then uh, investigators like Aaron and myself who are able to use our engineering skill uh, to, uh, to meet those needs and hopefully change the way they practice medicine. So, um, so Aaron, I, I do want to bounce this question off for you, and I wanted to find out, uh, number one, are there, are there uh, researches, researchers in the med school or the, the cancer center that are sort of directly would potentially interface with what's happening in this conference? Oh, definitely. Um, uh, like Jim said, you know, it's, it's a mix of uh, people with medical backgrounds and engineering backgrounds. Um, that really formed this this kind of field. The other thing I do want to ask you, and and we'll maybe save the answer until after the break. But I do I do kind of want to ask you, you know, when researchers do visit your lab, what is it about your lab that you will be proudly showing <laughs> off? So we'll we'll tease that question. We want to hold that thought. We want to uh, uh, go to the short break. And we'll continue our conversation with both uh, Dr. Aaron Ota and by phone, Dr. Jim Whalen, in the advances of biomed engineering. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa, and we're talking to Dr. Aaron Ota and by phone, Dr. Jim Whalen, about advances in biomedical engineering and the upcoming conference here in Honolulu. And, of course, right before the break, we were teasing the fact that uh, Aaron's already got some scheduled visitors from the conference into his lab. And, Aaron, tell us a little bit about what's going on in, in your lab that would perhaps impress some of these visitors. Uh, so the... Biomedical-related research uh, that we're working on in my lab uh, has to do with uh, the systems called microfluidic systems, where we are moving and transporting uh, very, very small volumes of liquid. You know, think of, like, these kind of volumes would be massive, uh, much smaller than a raindrop. So a raindrop would be massive to these kind of systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what that allows us to do, uh, since we're moving around s- such small volumes of liquid, we're moving around things on the order of the same size as a cell inside of your body. So we can do things like uh, uh, sense information uh, about those cells. And you can get an idea of what's going on in those cells at an individual cell level. So it's kind of like, you know, if I just took a, a survey of a whole bunch of people and I just took the average response only, I'm missing, you know, the individual answers in that survey, like maybe some people really liked a certain mm-hmm. thing and, and some people really hated it, and, and the average is just that, you know, people are neutral, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So same things with the cells, you know, as we, if we look at 
individual cells rather than an average of, of a sample, then we can get a lot of more information about what's going on in these biological processes, you know, for disease diagnosis or treatments. Excellent. Some of the things that they'll see on that tour. Now, I know a lot of people don't uh, have a lot of in- or think they have a lot of interaction with um, medical engineering, but it is in day-to-day life. It is in hospitals. Jim, I wanted to ask you, uh, these were great examples that you shared in terms of the keynote speakers and some of the presenters, but for someone listening who wants to understand what's the what is the big exciting space in biomedical engineering? You know, you might see uh, devices for uh, mobility, for example, on television or something like that. I mean, what what is the hot topic this year? One of the hot topics that's going to be explored, and it's really a hot topic uh, throughout you know, all of uh, technology, is that of artificial intelligence and its role in medicine. Uh, so we're going to have experts from the Allen uh Brain Institute, the Allen Institute in Seattle, and Intel uh, at the at our meeting uh, on Friday afternoon to discuss that. Yeah. And so, can a uh, what is a role for artificial intelligence system or diagnosis, even for patient interaction? Is there a way that uh, we can perhaps uh, work cooperatively with a physician? Uh, and, uh, and and come up with more consistent diagnosis, or perhaps even find something that might be missing. Uh, further, there's uh, strong pushes to with, through the adoption of electronic medical records uh, to data mine and fig- and determine um, public health trends. So rather than an individual diagnosis, you know, what are some trends in terms of public health, and uh, how can uh, what are effective ways of, of treating. Uh, medical conditions overall. Mm, we love data. And these, uh, there's, there's some profound ethical questions that go along with these, uh, uh, these technologies when they start affecting people's health. I mean, it's one thing when Google uses artificial intelligence to suggest that I might like a particular restaurant, and all of a sudden that, that appears in, uh, as an ad for me to see. I guess I don't mind that too much. Uh, but when we're talking about people's health, and of course that's a, a much more uh, difficult uh, subject, and it, it's worth some discussion. So, so Jim, do you um, am, am I mistaken in terms of the the AI presentation uh, by the uh, the Allen Group? Is that going to be streamed live uh, for people to to uh, watch? Uh, not to my knowledge. Uh, I think it's uh, it, uh, sounds it's like a hot ticket. Pulse, yeah. And uh, I don't uh, actually. It will. Yes, I'm looking at the flyer that was distributed just prior, and it will be on uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com IEEE EMBS, and uh, so it will be streamed live. Thank you for reminding me of that, Aaron. You know, uh, you were mentioning this is uh, just. uh, I'm not sure we mentioned the exact name of the meeting. It's the Engineering and Medicine and Biology meeting. It's the 40th anniversary meeting, so we're excited to be celebrating our 40th anniversary in Honolulu. Wow. And uh, this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a wonderful meeting for uh, this type of uh, uh, medical technology. Well, congratulations, Jim and Aaron. What's the website if someone wanted to learn more about uh, this event? Uh, so the conference website is uh, embc.embs.org slash 2018. Fantastic. Very good. We'll put that up on our show notes. Now, uh, Ryan? Yep. Oh. So Dr. Aaron Ota is an associ- associate professor in the triple, uh, electrical engineering department at UH, and Dr. Jim Weiland is a professor in biomedical engineering at the University of Michigan. We want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. And thank then, you of very course, much for having us on your show. 
And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll learn about ag innovations in the farm to school program. And of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. You can also find Bert and I at the 11th Annual Hawaii Geek Meet this Sunday, July 15th at Magic Island near the Lagoon End. You can find more information on Facebook, 11th Hawaii Geek Meet. Our engineer is David Chong, and you can catch us on HPR 1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. And of course, you stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. This you.